you see a snake, you kind of just back up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not like that snake is going to like fucking come up and like give you the best blowjob you've ever had. <laughs> exactly. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. President Obama said racism is in America's DNA. And that lie webs into other lies. And black people, we want that same kind of approach. When you talk about black criminality, we want to be judged case by case. But we don't want to extend that same type of courtesy to the boys in blue. The talk that I had with my son wasn't about the police. It was about the people around you that look like you. You're more likely to die at the hands of another black man than a police officer. Dysfunctional, uh, criminally prone, um, aggressive, violent. Um, they'd rather take instead of make. Instead of working 40 hours a week, they'd rather rob you. It's bigger than just that selling more copies because you know there are people literally dying uh, over words. It, what I said was that a, a society that makes war against its police better learn, have better learned to make friends with its criminals. Of course, I, I mean, I don't know how old you are. I, uh, do you like? Do you try to keep that a secret or something? No, not really. For but showbiz, I'm forty something. But yeah. people try to Google you and figure <laughs> out and fucking the kind of stuff that I write about. People want to get fired from a job. Oh. So I'll say I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I just celebrated last month. I just celebrated my fortieth birthday again. Okay. <laughs> and I, again, you could just keep hitting thirty-nine though. That's. Uh, no, yeah, no. The, but yeah, you, you figure you're gonna update that old, uh, uh, that old trope, and yeah. be in your 40s. I, I think being in your 40s doesn't sound bad. I think being 48 starts to sound bad, which is uh, I, when I start thinking about 48, 49, f- fuck 50. But I'll never say I'll never admit to being <laughs> in my 50s. 20 <laughs> years from now, I'll be in my 40s. Listen, see, that's that's see with with black men, as it's kind of different because to reach 40. It's phenomenal. It's like <laughs> if you made it past 35 as a black man, uh, you're a senior citizen at that point. You should celebrate. I mean, you should have your own line of greeting cards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 40. <laughs> Fucking wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So, um, But when I, when you get 40, I, and I, a friend of mine had a 40th birthday, and this is pretty much where it stops. Like you can't have a 40 41 foot you have to like at that point it's probably every decade where you where you should have a uh i totally okay, agree we got I our tot- own fucking problem yeah but and that's why i always say when people talk about right wing left wing i'm like it, they're part of the same fucking bird and the mm. bird is flying backwards <laughs> so that's great uh, political affiliation to me isn't doesn't drive me uh i'm more about ideas yeah you know yeah and and also the person I feel like I can um, actually talk to, not like, not like, uh, this is the thing about politicians. They're, they try to be everybody's friend. And uh-huh. and I feel like if, you, if you're trying to be everybody's friend, you're nobody's friend, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. You know the, what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Because you're not going to be, um, the things that bind you closer, I think, are, the, are your mutual hatreds and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> your mutual shit that, like, you totally are against. Yeah. And you can't have any of that stuff if you're being everybody's friend. Yeah, if you're right. That's why I hate people from L.A. I don't know if you ever... <laughs> <laughs> they won't say anything bad about anybody. Yeah. Well, uh, the women? All of them. Shit. L.A., Los Angeles. I'm talking about dudes. I'm talking about people, comedians, battle-scarred uh, vets. And of, you know what of, that... And that's because... People are afraid to offend people, be, and, and especially in show business, because a lot of times it's like, you don't know, you may have to work with this guy. This guy may be over you. The, True. the tides change so quickly True. in the show business that this person, you may need this person one day. And think of the ego, though, to think that, like, oh, yeah, my word really gets around. You know what Pat Dixon said? <laughs> <laughs> Probably something stupid. Listen, <laughs> That's my, about it. My friend, um, years ago, my friend crashed the, the uh, Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, Just crashed it. Yeah, he crashed. Went on stage, crashed the Grammys, and he did it like twice. He did the MTV Awards. He did the Grammys. Uh, he actually, Fifty Cent's were supposed to uh, receive the award, but he wasn't in. And my friend was was like, 
got on stage and actually received the award in place of 50 cents. And he, he was saying that, like, uh, like, like he actually got some mic time and stuff. Yeah, and he was, like, saying, like, who he was and yeah. shit. And, like, yeah, that's, that's I think brother. I remember that guy. That's your brother? That's my, well, we, you know, from the come from the same hood. That's my man from. Oh, okay. Like. God, but I, that's the whitest I've ever sounded. Oh, he's your brother? <laughs> <laughs> that's like 70s white but <laughs> oh man but yeah he 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 uh crashed the grammys crashed the mtv awards and he was saying how backstage uh people were treating him like oh here you are you know with love and respect before they knew that he wasn't supposed to be up there oh. you know what i mean because they just thought like well he's back here with us he's one of us sure and um proximity is everything isn't it yeah and he actually actually got a lot of friends uh, met, uh, i don't want to name drop you know mm-hmm. uh bill Co- cosby told me not to name drop <laughs> you see see what i did there <laughs> but uh yeah he met a lot of people by just doing that dumb shit and it's amazing they yeah. don't want to again back to your point of not being offended and not want to say anything against anybody and everyone was like pretty much cool with it and i think yeah it's up to press the people who you know, the people outside were the ones that are really give you hell, but they felt really duped. Yeah, they felt they felt bad. Like, how did he get past us? You know, um, at gas stations, you shouldn't. They, your phone can, the static electric from your, electricity from your phone can uh, cause a fire. It yeah. happens once every two million people. But you know, <laughs> just some useless information. But gas you know. lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is a problem. These pumps. <laughs> Are attacking innocent, <laughs> unarmed motorists. I, uh, you have a, a really unique uh, sort of positioning, I guess, in the marketplace and in, uh, like, I guess the whole. I don't know, man. What, what do you call it anymore? Is it a debate? Is it a? Is it a war? Is it an argument? Is it or is it just discourse? I don't know. Hmm. I'm going to take all the above mm. for <laughs> five hundred. Mm-hmm. The, uh, well, the answer is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I'm talking to Tlaib Starks, author of Black Lives Matter. And you and, have to uh, emphasize the, uh, lies. I've noticed that, right? People are like, Li- Black Lives Matter. Because you type hell? it into Google and they go, did you mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they didn't even say, did you mean? They just bring just up bring the Black up, Lives yeah. Matter shit. I would be yeah. pissed if I were you. <laughs> Wait till I catch fucking Google. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're right in this neighborhood. Right around the corner, and there's a big building that says Google on it. Really? That's how you know it's the Google building. I'm talking, and if you need to know anything, I guess, you know, duck into the Google building, and maybe you can go in there and say, hey, listen, I don't know what your analytics uh, is up to, but we need to get this at the very top result. When you type in the fucking title of my book, Why Lies Matter, to the race grievance industry, it's called Black Lies Matter, Why Lies Matter, to the race grievance industry industry a cumbersome title perhaps but it's very direct and to the point black lies now what yeah. are what are black lies well the lie now that's uh the, it, I, I say this built on a main lie which is uh america's default mechanism is racism as you know even president obama said racism is in america's dna and that lie webs into other lies because if you if you believe that america is inherently racist Mm -hmm. then anything that happens against you is probably based on racism um and now with the police uh incidents with shooting these um the black men and that is turned into a racialized incident but it goes back to the point of america being inherently racist Mm mm-hmm and so, you, your, your belief is that uh, when things happen with with uh, and 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 let's just pretend I named a lot of names just now, you know, uh, Eric Garner and and Michael Brown, et cetera, uh, that uh, these are individual situations. They're situations of um, sometimes police misconduct, sometimes over enthusiasm, sometimes yeah. total accidents, and sometimes completely justified. Right. It's really a case by case. It's in case my book. by case. Yeah. And you know, and and I always say. If if a cop, for the most part, police are doing a public service, and they are really brave policemen and women. There are also some pussies. There are also some cops that are incompetent. Most cops, a, a lot of cops, especially in inner city, couldn't tell you the uh, 
uh, anything from the Constitution. It may, um, and so there's a lot of misinformed cops. Uh, but at the end of the day, they put their lives on the line. Mm-hmm. So each case, I argue, each case should be looked at individually. And black people, we want that same kind of approach. When you talk about black criminality mm-hmm. or disproportionate criminality that occurs from 13% populace, which is black America, we want to be judged case by case. Of course. as And rightfully so. Yeah. But we don't want to extend that same type of courtesy to, um, the, to the boys in blue. Mm. And that's because of that lie, which is they're out to get you because you're black. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it it is something when you're looking for evidence to, you know, support a conclusion you've already made, you will find the evidence. You will find the evidence exactly. And now, to be fair, you know, and I'm sure you would agree, the the police don't make that too hard. They uh, they leave a pretty good trail of breadcrumbs, uh, especially with smartphones floating around everywhere. Sure. For some reason, the cops now they came out of nine eleven with this like you know, they had a real sheen on them. And now they have, uh, it's the opposite. It's like they're dipped in farts and turds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real stink on the police force. And it's a, when I see people like um, have Black Lives Matter protests and they're white, well, they shot more white people than black people. Yeah. Why doesn't that bother them? Why are they so sold on the Black Lives narrative? Because I think they bought into the victimization ideology. I really do. Do you and think it benefits them? N- not up front. And for whites, I always I always try to uh, explain in a way that you're you're a, a you're an um let's say useful idiot right now. Because uh, if I've seen countless quote protests where whites were a part of it, and then the you know, the white guy, you you're still white at the end of the day. And you, you're looked upon as maybe an agent. Maybe you're only here because of your white guilt. And then they use the white guilt against you. And you may, okay, Pat, you may go and say, you know, I think, let me go support these guys. Mm-hmm. But you'll go out there and they say, oh, he's only out here because of his white guilt. And so they discount your presence immediately just mm-hmm. by you by virtue of being white. And that goes back to not judging people by the content of their character, mm-hmm. which is judging yeah. They're not really looking for you to be, and here's my brother, Pat, and he's supporting the cause with his <laughs> arm around you. Tell him, Pat, they're more like, you know, he's only here because. And when you have, the, when you go in, when when you look at that way, you're not an al- considered an ally. Yeah. And you can see countless videos online where, um, you see, uh, you see the uh, a black person grab the microphone. And just totally castigate white people. Yeah. And then they're white people and they're with supporting them. But they're like, and then you white people and, and the racism and this X and, you know. And I saw a video where a guy was saying, we just need to get violent. We need to do white people what they've done to us. And I'm looking at the white people in the audience. Like, how do you guys support this? Or, you know, how, why aren't you guys leaving in mass now yeah it really seems to support the idea that they really are just there out of guilt because that is the only reason to only be there is that you you can't believe this you're just taking your medicine i agree and that's it you've answered your own question my friend. Uh, yeah i think we've come to a conclusion together you know it's um on a, and and speaking of a case by case did you follow the eric garner uh, uh you know homicide and then the resulting investigation yeah. all that stuff I follow that yeah and, and yeah it was I don't, I don't know what your take on it is my take was that uh you know first of all resisting arrest is never going to end well for the resistor there's just more cops guns sticks and force no one's ever going to be sufficiently angered by a person a single person getting killed that the entire nation is going to rise up or something you know yeah. so like even though numbers-wise, ultimately, there's more people than cops and shit, you lose. That's it. Resisting, you lose. And he was trying to resist. He said, "This ends now." I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I don't think he deserved to die. But I. But at the same time, asthma killed him. Yeah. It was an illegal chokehold. Not illegal, 
but not what they're supposed to be using. So, uh, gee, you know, I mean, like, it's such a... I guess that's where, where it gets to be any kind of problem, but if, if not for that, a guy has an asthma attack, uh, you know, the, that's collateral damage. He was but resisting see, arrest. Yeah, but it, ultimately what it, it would occur was, uh, you can say it was police training. If the chokehold is what... The chokehold that he used... Uh, wasn't supposed to be used or then that goes back to police training mm-hmm. he did that officer did not intentionally that he didn't go in and saying i'm going to kill this fat fuck for selling cigarettes mm-hmm. out here right and the highest ranking officer on the scene was a black female for the record <laughs> so wow and you now you rarely see her during that whole process dragged into this fiasco Ow, it was never. just more of the, the white guy the white guy the same way they're doing with this guy in minnesota they tried to uh, who was shot sitting in the vehicle. Now, yeah, and I haven't seen that video. But it's not a white cop, but that was the narrative. It's not a white cop. No, it's not a white cop. What, is he he's, Hispanic? He's Asian. Asian? Yeah. They don't. They definitely don't uh, play that up. Uh, I noticed that we saw the picture of the Asian cop quite a bit uh, who um, accidentally shot Mr. Gurley down in Brooklyn uh, in a, stair- a stairwell. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they... It seems like the the Asian element there, like the Asian community really supported him. They came out, a lot of Asian people. White people uh, will never support a white cop by showing up with signs, ever. I just don't think that will what do ever you mean? happen. They won't show up to, like, a, like, what, like 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 for a, instance, like when he was on trial, uh, and they were um uh, and the, you know the, he got indicted and everything, and uh, they found him you know guilty of something. I guess, but then uh, the the Brooklyn uh, DA recommended no jail time. So this guy whose gun supposedly, or in fact, whatever happened, it was an accidental just discharge. And it was a black, the black, it was a black the, DA. He hit a black guy. No, the black the DA, DA was in a Brooklyn. Black DA who recommended no jail Adams. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they Black Lives Matter people started showing up in his yard, and uh, I think his name's Eric Adams had a you know, like a police detail around his house and stuff. It's like she, he's obviously intimidated. Yeah. As as who wouldn't be. Um it's fortunate that the that the DA was black, I think, uh, in that situation. But anyway, a lot of Asian people came out for uh for the officer who um but I but I can't imagine that uh if it was a white cop who had who who had shot Mr. Gurley that um a Kai Gurley that a lot of white people, because white people, especially in New York City and especially in Brooklyn, are going to be like, "We got to stop this shit." Right? So you're saying here because when Darren Wilson uh, shot Michael Brown, did they show up in Missouri? They uh, they contributed to his uh, fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they exactly. They contributed to his fun, they'll, and there were <laughs> they'll, they yeah, were they'll show up with their money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, which way would you rather someone show up? Hey, man, you know, believe me, uh, the optics are better on the other one, <laughs> but I'll take the money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the loyal, the you know, with uh, any had to resign, so you, yeah, I'll take the money. Yeah, the support is great. Yeah, you want to see that you have some support because you that fuels you, because this is a lo- that must be a lonely, lonely place when you're doing your job uh-huh. and uh, you happen to ha- shoot someone. And then you're demonized for shooting a person, and you're like, you know, I'll. This, most cops don't shoot people in, in a career. That's true. And most cops that do shoot people usually are scarred by that, you know, because again, it's the the human aspect of uh, taking a life, or and they shoot to maim a lot of in instances where they have where they can. Mm-hmm. So. I'm team uh, for for disclosure. I'm pro cop. Yeah, really. I mean, what else can you be? You know what I mean. That's the, the other thing. I think that your people are kidding themselves to support uh, an anti cop rhetoric uh, when you can't do anything about that. There's gonna be cops. And Fix these problems. Most, you know, most police, most honest cops would tell you if there are road cops, they would. Concede, yeah, we have some you know, bad apples. And if they don't concede that they have bad apples, then maybe that cop is the bad apple. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. But I always say throw the bad cop, if he's found guilty, you know, throw the throw the cop overboard 
make them walk the plank, whatever. But mm-hmm. don't throw the f- entire force over the board, over board because uh, this one guy's action. Like when Michael, South Carolina, when when Officer Michael Slager shot the gentleman in the back when he was running away. That was disgusting. And he uh, was charged with murder, and you know he's going to spend his his life in jail. And that's how it works. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. It did work in that case. Yeah. And, and, and and that is because of the, the cell phone video. I think without sure. that, it's just another it's just another dead motorist. Yeah, without that, it, he might have. And that's, again, that goes back to the, the rogue cop, the, the dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Um, but and when they found out, then business is handled. They get, it seems to me like they did do that one. They did handle that really well. Uh, yeah. they, they charged him right away and it happened. And, and, and he was uh, I mean. And and you know what? That was not a big story, considering what 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 how definitive the evidence was. Yeah. I did not really think that 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 story got uh, you know as much attention as maybe it could have. Because it looked like it, it was an open shut case, and maybe from where it happened too, in that area, the press there, well, they have a different kind of press in down south. Uh, it's a kind of um, I want to say it's. Really, really officer friendly. Yeah, the press down here. <laughs> to say the least. Oh, is it really? Yeah, really less. Uh, well, I mean, now I remember reading the Atlanta Constitution, and uh, that I, I, I suppose you're going to have a, a, a liberal dot right there in the capital sometimes, and I guess that's what, what you have. Georgia is mostly uh, super cracker. I'm from there. Uh, I live many years in Georgia, and like right. uh, if you, if you're in if you you know in Atlanta and then Marietta, and then you start to get you know Smyrna, the surrounding communities, and it is uh, more increasingly homogenous, you know. Except I tell you, there's a lot of Mexicans. There's a lot of people who work in uh, chicken factories there in Dalton. You ever you ever uh, Dalton Dalton Georgia filled uh, with Mexicans working at the chicken plant. Wait. Does Donald Trump know about that? <laughs> Wait till Trump finds out about that shit. Yeah, he'll be. He'll, Trump will probably <laughs> send a drone to Dalton. Let me, can I can I read you something that I got? Yes, um, sir. Now here here was a uh, this came by uh, Facebook to me, and um, this was uh, this followed an episode of this show that I did, and it was an, a show in which I discussed Mayor De Blasio, who uh, is. Uh, our current mayor, and he had uh, made public right around, I guess it was in early 15, uh, how he had talked to his son Dante about the dangers of dealing with the NYPD. And he had told him uh, it, it's it was referred to as the talk. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, the cops want to shoot you. And uh, so here's what you have to do. And, it's of course, he didn't state it exactly like that. But he did say it. Now, my take on that, and that's why I'm having you here as a guest, so I can give sure. you my fucking take. Sorry, Tlaib. Sure, no problem. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, like the most arrogant, here's my take. But what I had said was just that I thought that was irresponsible uh, in government as a mayor to throw your police force onto the fucking bus. Yeah. When you come on and you say, well, I'm going to improve community relations, and your way of doing that is to say, our cops are racist. Well, you're not improving community relations. You're making everybody tense yeah. and pissed off. And you're making them uh, like see a way around uh, dealing with the cops who maybe being less cooperative, you know, and like, hold on a second. You're violating my rights. And look, I, nobody's more pro rights than me. However, uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's not always about that. So anyway, so I had made some comments to this effect. I got this uh, he, this message uh, from uh, Derek Nicholson, who uh, lives here in New York City. He said, you are not black, Mr. Dixon. Please don't comment on black issues if you don't understand them and how they affect black people. I, like my father, uh, had to give our sons the same talk about the NYPD as the mayor. Uh, so, could I get your take on it? Yeah, sure. There's, there's a couple of things I have to say about that. Uh, first, one, one thing I respected about uh, the former mayor, Bloomberg, is he went to a church in Brown Brownsville during election time. And uh he's pounding the pavement, the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't yeah, it wasn't his usual routine. No, it wasn't. You know. <laughs> so he went to the black church and uh they 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 uh pretty much drilled him over uh, stop and frisk. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, most politicians would have cowered and would have uh, pandered mm-hmm. in a Hillary, Hillary Clinton style. You know, I got hot sauce in my, my purse. You know, I'm I'm one of y'all and talk <sighs> with the mammy kind of southern drawl. But he said he defended the policy and said the numbers are in. It works. Brownsville, and he pulled up numbers uh, talking about the media area mm-hmm. of how crime has dropped just because of the stop and frisk. And I said I had a newfound respect for the guy, even though his policies, I thought, overall were, you know, shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of socialist, actually. But he... <laughs> He had his well, moments. He, he took a stand, and I, I said, wow, that's a backbone. Yeah, So, I, and, 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 and about Bloomberg, and I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Bloomberg, uh, not of, now I know you're talking about the soda and shit like that. Yeah, that's absolutely. The, re, the only reason he was talking about the soda is because he got around to it. He had <laughs> he had 12 years in office, and he'd already done everything else. You know? But uh, I, I agree that w- he does say what he means, and, you know, like, the numbers are in. Yeah. You know, like, this, look, we're saving lives here. And I think the response to that is typically, like, uh, but at what cost? And, you know, you're saving lives. But what kind of neighborhood will this be? And that's, with, and that's always the kickback to stop and frisk. But I'm a proponent of stop and frisk because it's, it's occurring where the crime occurs. Yes. Um, you can't on one hand say, help us with the crime, uh, police. And then the police come to help. And you're like, wait a minute, don't help us this much. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a slippery slope uh, when the police are trying to be proactive and instead of reactive. Mm, yes. So It's a different uh, kind of police. It's different. It is. And this is, this is what we're seeing now in Chicago where the police are like, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're just trying not to get become youtube since famous yeah somebody with the phone and you know but yeah yeah they they show up when all the bodies and the, and the smoke clears and we'll make a report and then we'll be on our way to the next uh, few bodies and man the numbers are high the in numbers Chicago. are fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. but uh back back to the point about the talk stop and frisk has been very effective here new york city was uh, i don't know if you remember bernie Goltz. No, they they called him. Um, uh, he was basically the guy who rode the train. It was about in the eighties, I believe. Oh, oh, I know. Wait, do you mean Gats? Burn Gats? Yeah, Getz, yeah. Okay, is, yeah. Pronounce his name. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. What? what that yeah. was. A, yeah, another time. That was that was New York City graffiti, crime, rampant, rampant crime, uh, and to now New York is pretty much one of the safest cities in America yeah. to be the biggest city. Chicago has more homicides than um, New York and L.A. combined. Yeah, yeah and you don't just point. mean proportionally, but numbers-wise. Numbers-wise. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and this is the big... The, so you it's because the cops credit. are on a shooting spree, man. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to give credit where credit is due, but there's going to be a cost, and the cost is they're going to go where the crime is. Like, if you're a fisherman, you go fish where there are fish. You don't just cast your net anywhere where there's water and say hopefully i catch something yeah you go where you know they're biting and the fish happen to be in the black community Mm. and that's where you if i'm the police commissioner i'm sending i'm sending uh the patrol there i'm putting emphasis there why that's where the crime is 20 new blacks make up 25 percent of new york's population but account for more than 60 percent of the crime i mean that's just asinine but um, because it kind of goes back to when you ask, why doesn't I mean, well, why don't white people, you know, uh, when a white guy's killed, why don't they go out their way to support? And I feel the same way about when white people, if a black person calls a white person a cracker. Oh know? right, yeah. Oh really? It's like, uh, uh, hey nigger, and then it's like, oh, I'll kill you. How <laughs> did you know? But you like cracker, and then like, eh, hey, well. Well, yeah, it's but, yeah, it's like honky. It never yeah. really hurt. Uh, but. Back to with the talk. Talk, I'm yeah. Sorry. So the talk that I had with my son wasn't about the police. It was about the people around you that look like you. You're more likely to die at the hands of another black man than a police officer. Hmm. I mean, that's just the facts. And and it, I remember one time taking my kid. We walked around. 
the block, the neighborhood. And I just wanted to show him the uh, just the dysfunction, crime, the graffiti, the uh, unwed moms, you know, the young girls pushing babies and probably 18, 17. I mean, not even 18, probably 17, a little younger. Mm-hmm. Um, just the loud music playing, just the disregard for this civilization. And I just wanted him to. Sh- I wanted to show him like this is where your problems lie in this element. And the police come here to root out those problems, not you. They're not coming to get you unless you're a part of the problem. There are a lot of good in my neighborhood. There are a lot of good. I live in a mixed neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And when I say mixed, I'm not talking about white, black. I have blacks. I have black with nigger tendencies and I have black uh niggers. Three <laughs> that's the mix. Black people This is Talib Starks, <laughs> uh, author of Black Lives Matter, uh delineating the uh racial breakdown of his neighborhood. In my neighborhood, yeah. yeah. So blacks and I have blacks with nigger tendencies. Then I have niggers. Okay. Let's go through. Uh can can you maybe briefly summarize like uh blacks I assume this would be. I like would be the up. They would be the law-abiding, mm-hmm. tax-paying citizens who just simply want to, you know, partake of the American dream. Yeah, that's it. Is family matters. Family, yeah, family <laughs> matters. You know, <laughs> um, and I'm not trying to put anything extra, make it just this uh, idealistic person. But they're just simple people. You know, leave me be. Leave you be. Right. And then you just, have just people, and, and that's the color of their skin. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, then you have blacks. Then you have niggers. Let me go in, to the other extreme. Okay. Dysfunctional, uh, criminally prone, um, aggressive, violent. Um, they rather take instead of make. Instead of working forty hours a week, they rather rob you in forty minutes. Mm-hmm. If, if that long. Yeah. If you can get get the whole work in in less than an hour. Yeah, less than if you. They rather go on a robbing spree. You know. So they're basically liabilities. As opposed to assets. Now, like, may, may I ask you, uh, now, is there a particular advantage to referring to them as niggers? Or is it is it just a sort of a, I, I would think it's memorable. And uh, I think it identifies you as somebody who uh, isn't afraid to, uh, you know, be provocative. Well, I'm... I'm I'm just because it's a very provocative yeah, way, absolutely, to say that. But I'm just using what's already out there. There's no need for me to try to reinvent the wheel. And you know what's funny is like, and, and and I have to I have to admit, you when you use the word nigger, and uh, and I'm not gonna believe me. It's it's not like it's uncorked now or some shit. I don't like the way that word sounds coming out of my mouth, uh, even if I'm talking about something innocuous or quoting something, and uh, it's it's something that uh, it's not because of being self conscious. It's just it. Just I hear that and I go, it, yeah, there's something about it. it's a very bracing word, Absolutely. you know. When I hear black people use the word, I don't normally feel that way. But when you used it just now, I was like, oh shit. Yes, <laughs> I am angry when I use it. Yeah. And, and you know, I understand your position, Pat, because whites have been culturally conditioned to avoid that word in any capacity. Mm-hmm. I, I and I in my first book I mentioned how uh, councilman, a councilman's aide was fired because he used the word niggerly, which means late. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, uh, niggerly with a D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that D. mean uh, like a like a very small amount of money or something. It means like yeah. he, he says, well, he says, don't be niggerly, meaning be that means be on time, not don't be late. Okay, in that, in that instance, um, but he used it in the ro- around the wrong people, so of course <laughs> it was like, <gasps> how dare you? And this guy, he's a, was a, a pillar in the community. He's no racial bone in in his body, mm-hmm. but the fact that he says something that that close got him fired. And he was ultimately rehired, but he was fired because of that. That man's bones were white all the way to the. <laughs> you know, though, here's the problem with a guy like that. In my opinion, is that like, okay, uh, I don't know if he was in an elected position or appointed, probably appointed or appointed. hired or something. He was an eight. A guy like that doesn't. Uh, have good judgment because that's a word 
I mean, nobody uses that word. You got to go out of your way to use. Oh, while it's a completely correct word, you're saying completely, I understand. Yeah, but but uh, you know what? You got to know people are going to hear that wrong. And so, I, if I was hiring an aide, I'd be like, "That's a guy who's going to cut the wrong corner and get me in trouble," like Christie's aides did with this Bridgegate yeah. thing. Now, you've, you yeah. mentioned your first book, "The Uncivil War," and uh, the subtitle "Blacks versus Niggers." Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm reading this off of your. Uh, a, a, a card, uh, the book cover here, and uh, God damn, that is a, a frightening book uh, cover, like fire and shit. And uh, but then there's a nice <laughs> seal on here, and it says uh, Amazon number one, uh, or, uh, number one. Uh, yeah, my my vision sucks. I really can't. Uh, number one bestseller. Incredible. The response to the, to uh, to your writing is is is. I mean, you're definitely in the right time. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, uh, people. Uh, and and again, I'm not. I'm just writing what I see, you know, and, and I use the word, when I use the word nigger, and let me say this, Chris Rock had a routine where he had a black versus nigger routine. Mm -hmm. Red Fox had a routine in the seventies. He said the same thing. I think it was niggers versus dummies. Something. Yeah. He, yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. But no, he, 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 like it was, it was a time where guys, but like Red Fox, when this country still had some humor and can, and just, and just understand what now I know you're in your forties. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember that. That stuff is uh, that's such a it, what a quaint time that seems like now, you know. Yeah, um I remember Archie Bunker could say what the fuck he wanted to and we would just be like, ha 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 that old bigot. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's what kind of what it was, is it was like you were actually offended by his point of view yeah. rather than the fucking word. Absolutely. Now I think it's the the point of view gets sanitized by the lack of use of the Thank words. You, sir. Ultimately, it's bad for everybody. There you go. And that's why when I wrote the book and I didn't, I was advised by people who said, don't use the word, you sell more copies if you just title it The Uncivil War. But to me, it's it's bigger than just that selling more copies because, you know, there are people literally dying uh, over words in the community, like literally dying. I'm talking about a book cover and I don't want to offend anybody. But there are people dying over words in the community, you know, where I'm from anyway, across America, the same. Yeah. Tell me how, I mean, how does that, I've seen people lose jobs. I've seen people, uh, you know, uh, maybe lose a Twitter following, you know. How does it work that someone loses their lives over words? On Facebook. Look at Facebook. You go on Facebook and you go back Mm -hmm. and forth. And then that turns into, when I see you in the street, I have have multiple stories in the first book uh, where Twitter led into somebody being killed. And usually it's a kid who gets hit in crossfire. Facebook, um, war, war on words. And also just out in the street, um, if you're from 21st Street and the other guy's from 22nd Street and uh, you say uh, you don't say hi or the right way, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm not exaggerating. These are one streets over. Like you guys are fighting over territory. You don't. It's not. This isn't Israel and Palestine kind of thing this <laughs> yeah. is you fucking guys own nothing yeah and you're shooting over uh, uh section eight houses that you have you don't even fucking own the buildings you live in yeah the right the right to sell crack on the right block. To sell, on right like let's let's be serious and i again. learned that on the wire <laughs> <laughs> well i i like your version of the talk i think it's uh i think that's you know it, statistically it's uh you you it's it's true. It's it's absolutely true. Yeah. People are more likely to be killed. I mean, I think uh, that I also read that a black cop is statistically more likely to shoot a black person than a white cop is. Yeah. Quicker to do it. Uh, absolutely. Which is. Uh, but it's true because it's it, it's it's something that you don't see as much of for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. But I, I mean, if it's something that's more likely to happen, I guess it's because there's fewer black cops on the force. Well, it depends where you live. For and, the most part. And Philadelphia is a majority black city, so you're going to have a lot of black cops. Yeah. But um, I think well, the makeup of the NYPD is like just, it's it's under 25%. It's just underrepresentative of the population. Now, what do you think about that when the hiring of, like, say, the NYPD or the fire department, and they say, they set out to go, well, we need proportional representation from, you know, the black community and et cetera. We, uh, you're never going to hit that with women. I mean, like, if you have a half female, yeah. uh, you know, uh, 
and when you get when you get into that kind of thinking, and that was where we went with stop and frisk as well, is that like you know they're not frisking. Uh, and back to Bloomberg, they said you're frisking too many uh, black people, not enough white people. He goes, statistically, we're frisking too many white people. Yeah, because we're frisking more white people than they the percentage of the crimes the crime, that they right. do. It's uh, and and you stand by that kind of absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, I want the resources deployed where they're needed. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's and this is the new in my new book. I talk about how everything becomes racialized, um, and that's a and that's done purposely. There are a lot of jobs. There's money to be made by racializing every event. There's clicks. There's headlines. There everything can be racialized, and it and, and it is, mm. but to the detriment of the black community. We're jumping on a bandwagon of yeah, uh, the white man is against us and. Um, we're cutting off our nose to spite our face. And the more we do that, the more power is given to the criminal element. It's no coincidence that the conditions that uh, afflict my neighborhood, it, you can see across the country. And it's like the, the this criminal subculture has a monopoly on black communities across the country. And that's no that's no coincidence. And that's where they begin to operate on the middle category that you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of. Now, what, tell now, me about that one. Yes. Yeah. Now, I say there are blacks, there's niggers, and then there are blacks with nigger tendencies, which mean they can, they know right, but they know wrong. So you, I was, uh, honestly, I was that kind of kid. This is essentially undecided voters. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I was the swing vote. Yeah. <laughs> And it took certain things to happen in my life for me to go, uh, oh, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, let me you maximize my potential in another way. Not to get personal, but what, yeah. what were some of those experiences? I um, got locked up. Okay, I and, see. Yeah. And once I got locked up, I said, okay, I'm not really built for this. And it's not, it wasn't about being scared. And Because when you're in jail, you really meet people you already know. You know, huh. I mean, jail is... Jail has become this home away from home for a lot of the criminals, and then you can—it's like a rec center. It's like it's like going away and joining a fraternity, one of the gangs there. It's like you—you're uh, from so and so street, you're from so and so neighborhood, mm-hmm. you're good. Oh, yeah. you know so and so. Oh, that's my friend. That's my man. Okay, it's just. And then the closer the tie is between the community and the prison, the yeah. more difficult it is once you get out of prison to ever continue, go walk the straight and narrow. It, it definitely is. That's, definitely that's too is. bad. But it's still, it's still a choice at the end of the day. It's a choice to go to jail or sure, not. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, it's, yeah. when you get right down to it, breaking you, the law yeah, is something. That's that something I, you decide to do. Let me ask your opinion on something. Now, uh A lot of people think that certain crimes are um, more strictly enforced on the black community and Hispanic community than they are on the white community. And um, I think that they crimes such as uh, pissing in the street and, um, you know, drinking in public, smoking uh, weed or, uh, you know, I, I, there, there's others. But these quality of life crimes and you live in Philly. Yep. Here in New York City, uh, and I don't know if you got wind of this, but uh, Mayor de Blasio and um, uh, Mark Viverito, Melissa Mark Viverito, the House Speaker, they uh, basically passed, uh, and people on the show are getting, they're really sick of hearing me talk about this, uh, but the, these quality of life crimes that they started cracking down on during the Giuliani era, and, you know, which was a tool to find a lot of, like, heavy-duty criminals, you know, uh, as you know, um, they said, well, why are we enforcing this so strictly? You know, and it seems like we're uh, a lot of uh, uh, people in the minority communities are being saddled with um, a criminal record, you know, that they have to deal with for the rest of their life just for some small thing like urinating in the street. And uh, they this might affect their ability to get, uh, you know, uh, money for college uh, and stuff like that. And so nobody's ever produced for me somebody who was going to go to college, got caught pissing in the street. And then just took off into a life of crime and then couldn't get their 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 college money. And then they ended up, uh, you know, a mind's a terrible thing to waste. So, <laughs> so uh, 
here's my theory on on why and definitely i i mean if it's true it's true if a lot of people are if that's being you know because white people piss in the street of course yeah especially during the uh, saint patrick day <laughs> i mean they have a float for it <laughs> that's why they call it a float yeah. uh but i think that what it is is in and white people have a, a social sort of uh reputation for being more uptight you know it's just something that we, that people say that you know white people are uh, uh they don't dance as well maybe necessarily or whatever it's really black yeah. uh, white men and i think that being uptight it doesn't work for getting pussy but where it works <laughs> in our favor is you don't get caught pissing in the street because we're i could say for me personally the idea of being caught pissing in the street by the police is terrifying <laughs> and i see Sometimes guys pissing in the street uh, who are black, they don't look scared at all. And in fact, there's a sense of bravado about it. You know what I mean? They walk right up to a, a, a an abandoned telephone booth and, uh, and and whiz all over the receiver. So um, On the receiver? Wow. <laughs> you don't want to be on the receiving end of that. That's a lot of piss. Wow. Man. Well, so, you know... Um, that yeah, that's that that's my theory is that maybe, that yeah, maybe so it's just not a fear of the police, not a respect no, for the it's, police. It's not. There's a few things I, I attribute to that behavior. Again, it goes back to morals. One, a lot of these lot, with single parenthood being what it is in black community, more than seventy percent. Most of these most of these men, boys, these men are still boys. Boys to men. Yeah, they've never made. They never had any male positive male figures. Um, to help them assimilate into the broader co- culture. Yeah. Um, so most of what they know is from their peers or what their mother. And the mother, a lot of times, uh, you know, she women can't raise men. I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. Just like as a father, I can't raise my daughters. I can instill certain things, but they're just women, female stuff that I'm just like, uh, ask your mother. Yeah, you, know, you can't explain the first yeah. period. or I don't know anything about, yeah, I just don't know anything, and I don't want to know. That's why it's both of, both of us uh, parenting. But It takes two parents. It yeah. takes two, yes. So with, with that, a lot of these kids growing up in these um, homes where there's one mother, and the mother is probably half their age, um, probably herself. Half the age of the kid? Yeah, you know, like she may have had the kid <laughs> as a, <laughs> 16, you know, and she was such a young mother. Her kids were older than her. <laughs> <laughs> she got a really early start. These the grandmothers in the hood are like, um, like they're young, like fit, uh, the age. They're young. It could be in their thirties. They could be in it. Is it's crazy that could see? Is that possible? What it's kind possible. of wisdom? Yeah. It is possible. Yes. So, what kind of wisdom can you get from? Uh, let me not say that. Well, let's say if you have multiple children, right, and you're an overworked single mom. Uh, and I mean overworked just from like having three, four, five kids, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you're not getting support on the father side. And uh, the kid's got to take a piss. You're just, just take it, just go against the wall. You know what I mean? I could see where that could get to be like you're, you're not paying attention to things yeah. like that. You're just you're trying to just get your shit together and make maybe put a meal on the table. Yeah, and, yeah. the essentials. Yeah. So and then a lot of what you learn, like I said, a lot of what men learn, boys learn are from other men. Um, or quote unquote men, peers, what have you. Mm. And I'm a big proponent of the broken windows policy. I think it works. It I think it absolutely works because if you show because it worked in my home. My mother I knew if I did something small, I knew she would snap. And I'm said, so if she snaps over this She's going to lose, lose it. it over that. Exactly. <laughs> over something real. So if I piss on the street and I'm handcuffed and got to spend a few hours in jail, uh-huh. you know, damn, what happens if I'm caught selling uh, drugs or what, what What have you? Yeah. So yeah. I think it I think it works. I mean, I, I'm a supporter of it. And, and again, it's being the narrative is being spun that it's uh, it's a way to criminalize black people but my point goes back to don't commit crimes <laughs> if you can't do the time stop trying th- stop being mad at the solution how about we work on not having a problem yeah causing the problem i mean at the end of the day they can't really enforce something that isn't being done 
they can't arrest you for pissing in the street. If you didn't, if you didn't do, it. do it, yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, I suppose they could, but I mean, I mean they, but, I they're, but they're saying. not out to do that. Yeah. It's not like they're out setting up stings. You know, <laughs> free beer, but you have to drink it outside. I said it before. Uh, so, like, um, yeah, that's an interesting take. So, so yeah. you're saying that, like, uh, saying that, that, that the disproportionate uh, enforcement does go back to the the actual social element of, yeah. Yeah, of, of, of you know, the yeah. single parent homes. The police encounters huh. with, they talk about police shootings of black men, and I, I'm like, that's reflective of the the amount of encounters that police have with black men. Right. I mean, um, there's a stat that um, uh, Heather McDonald from the Manhattan Institute says that a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be shot by a black male. Mm-hmm. And over the last decade, uh, police officers, uh, murderers of police officers have been, 40% have been black male. And so Jesus. just think about that. 40% of the police that, that have died, have been killed, mm-hmm has been at 40% of the time has been black males. And it's 60% Asian women. So really? That's <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, with their bamboo blowguns, it's really weird. No, uh, uh, That is a, an incredible yeah, stat. But black men only make up 6% of the population. That's where it gets even just phenomenally scary. It multiplies it in your brain, yeah. yeah. Like 6%, shit. 40%, what the fuck is going on? And if I'm officer patrolling in the hood, I'm... I'm have I have my head on a swivel. So when you talk about tendencies then and you say your head on a swivel and you're looking for a threat and if you're identifying a threat and 40% of the officers killed are by black men, shit, what are you to do except notice a guy who has his pants too low and doesn't seem to give a shit that you're around? Yeah. Then, you know, uh in in in, in a case like that, it it is profiling. And is that wrong? Everyone profiles. That's what's so fucking. When I hear profiling, I'm like, what is the problem with profile? Everyone does it. Yeah. Thugs profile you. You know what I mean? Sure. So, it, so. I have, I often wonder about that. Yeah, you're. I often profiling. wonder, like, do they look at me and go, "Okay, there's a guy who might have." Uh, a, a gravity knife or a tape to his <laughs> leg or something. You know, I always try to look as much like Travis Bickle from t- Taxi Driver as possible. <laughs> so where I might not necessarily be uh, big and strong, oh, I can man. at least look crazy. Yeah, uh, you understand that? Yeah, yeah. profiling is, is real. It's legit, and you should profile. Fuck that. I tell anyone who will listen, to survive, self-preservation, the first rule of nature, is that what they say? And the best way to preserve yourself is to pay attention to look for danger look and again black men would say i had dreads dreadlocks and so what my pants are sagging blah 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 well those kind of people commit a disproportionate amount of crime okay so when you treat it that way you can't you can't be upset if i look at snakes bite but there are certain snakes that don't fuck with humans yeah but the fact that it's a snake i'm like oh uh you see a snake, you kind of just back up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not like that snake is going to, like, fucking come up and, like, give you the best blowjob you've ever had. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it costs me nothing <laughs> to just avoid all snakes. <laughs> and, the, and and when you say a, a guy with that much uh, hair, and, and, and granted, you know, they do, uh, e- even though uh, they they might uh, commit, you know, the largest percentage of the crime, yeah. they also put out uh, the largest percentage of hip-hop. And so uh, we have a culture that begins to, you know, swing uh, very close to like a a criminal lifestyle. And then I agree. But when I look at hip hop again, it it takes back. I think back to these single parent homes. A lot of again, I just look at these boys and them or these performers and nine times out of ten, there's no dad, no active dad that Mm -hmm. they refer to. It's always the mom. You know, sometimes a grandmother, a grandmother, sometimes the mom is the manager. <laughs> it just gets crazy. Yeah. Uh, but and that's where I think the problem lies, you know, and these kids, the, the performers, you see with the pants sagging. There's no way in hell my son is not getting a handful of words and uh, fingers mm-hmm. if he comes in the house with his pants sagging. Well, I mean, it's just <laughs> what it is. What are you going to do with your fingers? <laughs> 
I don't know. You're talking about a, an open-handed slap. Absolutely. Open-handed. Not talking about uh, forcibly uh, ass-fingering. No, no, no. Not <laughs> at all. Punch, although that would be effective. Yeah. Think, See, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to jail and get strip searched. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, That's part of the talk. Yeah. Maybe I should <laughs> put that in there. <laughs> you know, it's just in response to, to Derek, who, who said that... Uh, Hey, you're not black, so don't comment on black issues. I said my comments were related to the propriety of the mayor of New York City publicly stating that the NYPD was categorically racist by implying that his young black son had something to fear by virtue of his race alone, while the number of young black men victimized by violence from the police is significant. As the highest-ranking city official, uh, and I do believe this is true, he has an obligation and a responsibility to preserve order to support the officers who protect everyone in the city, including himself and his family, and not to fan the flames of discontent when the police turn their backs on, on him, as they did uh, you know, uh, when he came Can't, to uh, yeah. speak about you know, the officers who got shot. Right. Uh, they had a reason. Mayor de Blasio might not have understood the effect of what he said, but they understood it. Uh, and if you put him in a cop's uniform and send him to the pink houses, uh, you bet that you would see a change in his tone. And maybe I don't know anything about the black reality, but neither does he. Exactly. Uh, but the cops do. Here's his response. He says, I'm a fan of your show. It means a lot to me that you replied. And I don't support racist comments by anyone, mayor or not. And it's a fact as a black male. That speech was given to me, and in turn, I gave it to my sons. Uh, your sons, along with many of the people offended by what the mayor said, are the same people that don't believe in driving while black. Some things are fact, and the police should look at their tactics when frisking people for no reason. And, uh, and he says, and get you some black friends to give you insight into issues you don't fully grasp, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I like that. He, he, and he mentions it again in, in, a, in a third response. He says... Uh, and uh, get you some black friends. Now, that's the problem I have. And, and people talk about, uh, black people talk about not being viewed as a monolith. But it's difficult to not to, to say that we're not a monolith. If you can, he can end the note and say, get a black f- friend. And automatically assume that the black person will go, yeah, I'm. he's right because we're black. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't do that to you. I can't say you, I can't, someone can't say, Get a white friend and he'll tell you because there's a lot of diver, d- diversity w- within white people. Yeah. You know, and with black people. When well, there's s- good ones and bad ones, you know. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> of course. I'm one of the good ones, I think. <laughs> Depends who you are. Not everybody. Not every- <laughs> Let's get a second Don't opinion. Don't ask Mandy Statmiller. <laughs> she has a different opinion right now. Yeah, it, it, it's with within um within uh the black populace. It's kind of like if you don't agree with what that gentleman said then you're a sellout. Yeah, you exactly. It, so it seems like there's a lockstep expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It definitely is a, a you know penguin march. Mm-hmm. No one knows where it's headed. Just get in line, shut up, follow the rest of the penguins. Just listen to Morgan Freeman and do what you're told. <laughs> <laughs> I love, you know, I think Morgan Freeman, if I could get Morgan Freeman to narrate my first book, The Uncivil War, <laughs> I think that would be, I think that would be, Number th- it, I can die after that. I yeah. I mean, Morgan Freeman to do if or, or Samuel Jackson. If, if you can get Morgan Freeman to read the title, <laughs> <laughs> I think that you're going to come out ahead. It's the Uncivil War, yep. blacks versus. I'm going to let you say the name of your book. Yes, it's the Uncivil War, blacks versus niggers, and what it is uh, confronting the subculture within the African American community. And and just to confirm, which side are you on? Um, I roll with the blacks. Okay, got I it. spent enough time on the other side. And I think maybe it goes back to what you said. I knew, I heard you on Anthony Cumia. I saw it on uh, Compound Network, Compound Media. AnthonyCumia.com is what the fuck I call it. I leave his name in there. Oh, you do? AnthonyCumia.com. You can still get there. Anyway, great show. And you were on there talking to Ant, and you said uh, that, uh, I can't remember how you said it, so I'm going to let you say it, but you gave the quote to Keith the Cop. I believe Shit. that you said... Uh, if you're going to uh, attack your police, you better learn to make friends with your criminals. Oh yeah, yeah that. And I say keep the cop. Yeah, uh, didn't keep you the cop. didn't you attribute that to keep the cop? <laughs> here's what here's. I the was thing. just I was just. Uh, uh, and you said, you, I, said, I said that said, the, you, uh, maybe that was a joke. 
Maybe that was that's joking. Just, I was joking. Oh, I'm so stupid. Keith is I asked Keith about it afterwards. Yeah, he's he's a. Did he say yeah? He's a numbskull. <laughs> no, I think he said. I don't. I know. He said nah. something, and I just pretended. I was just to fucking around. I usually do that shit. I'll say a quote and I attribute it to Bobo. And that's your quote. Oh, <laughs> fucking big A. It, what I said was that a, a society that makes war against its police better learn have better learn to make friends with its criminals. Mm-hmm. That's the actual quote. And maybe that. Is what's maybe that's why they're in the room, letting themselves be berated by the Black Lives Matter movement. So, well, we better be friends, right? Because we are fucking taking on the cops here and and holding them to task for so, all these this murder that they're perpetrating. We saw it on video, and a picture is worth about two billion words, isn't it? Because <laughs> statistics come in words. Yes, but but these images come in video. That's you're right. And moving pictures are really what carry the day this, this at this time. Ever since the talkies came in, <laughs> yeah. which I was against. <laughs> so you uh, attribute that to Keith the cop. That's funny. Only Keith, the only fucking quote. Keith. You attributed it to I him. Mean, I, I just attributed believed to it, it, but you believe that. All shit. I That's, did was yeah. be stupid. <laughs> I played my part of being gullible. Sometimes when you're That's in the funny. other room too, uh, and it's uh, believe me, this is not gonna like do a lot to insulate my fucking weak brain here. But uh, I think that it gets lost in translation through the wall, you know, if yeah. there's, like, any sarcasm at yeah, all. Yeah, because he, when I said it, he turned around and he laughed. You yeah, know. yeah. I mean, the only quote Keith knows is fucking Miranda rights, yeah. you know, <laughs> after all this time. So I, I thought it was. He says, you have the right to remain silent, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd like yeah. to have known him uh, when when he was actually on the force, you know. I, I bet he was, as they say, a pisser. And, and uh, man, you're a. Uh, you're really like a, a, a revolutionary, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, it, you know uh, it's a pleasure to have you on my comedy show. Thank you, uh, New York City Crime Report, which is all crime in New York City, uh, and uh, normally, we did talk about crime a little bit in New York City, didn't we? I, I mean, believe me, this fits the criteria. Okay. You know, I mean, like I, I it's and another big can of worms here, but I think that the Black Lives Matter movement does fan the flames it's reflective of an overall attitude that say maybe uh, all this victimhood is not quite as automatic as it's made out to be but the statistics will be dismissed as racist isn't and then i know that sounds like an oxymoron but it's true and let me give you a statistic <clears throat> for the since two since since 1980 black i'm going to say since 1980 53% of the nation's homicides have been permitted, committed by blacks. 53% of the nation's homicides have been committed by blacks. Blacks are only 13% of the population. And just just walk it back a little further, those crimes are largely committed by black males who make up 6% of the national populace. Now, it isn't all black males, so it falls within the range of 15 to 34, which makes up 3% of the population. Jesus. So, if you put it, when you look at it under that microscope, 53% of the homicides occurred at the hands of 13%, then 6% to 3%, and then you tell that to an officer, well, you don't tell that to them. They, they're pretty much they're pretty familiar with the statistics. Cops and keep up with yeah, yeah. the the uh, Justice Department statistics. Yeah, and that's national. Mm-hmm. So, there, if you want, if Black Lives Matter, or Black people in general, if we want to change the perception that follows Black men or Black people, we have to change that reality of fucking fifty three percent of murders, and that's just murders. We're not just talking about crime or violent crime which is 60 percent 60 plus percent violent crime nationally i mean black men 18 to 35 exactly it's just the the numbers is they say um men lie women lie but numbers don't i mean the the numbers are in yeah and this is this is a trend this isn't from 2013 to 2014 this is over decades Mm. uh and so we have to change that reality if we want to change the perception. But yeah. that's easier said than done, Pat. Uh, at the, it's black lies matter. Yep. Why lies matter to the race grievance industry? Is there anything else that you wanted to say about the book? Um, uh, it's uh, I'm I'm 
just thankful that people are supporting it and, and actually pushed it to the top of the chart, mm-hmm. um, which is a miracle. And since I don't have a major uh, publishing house behind the, the book, so this is really a, gra- a grassroots effort of people wanting information without having a gatekeeper uh, to yeah. keep, keep it away from them. I, just, I wish you all the success. I Thank hope you'll you, come sir. back and talk to me again. Indeed. Hey, uh, and uh, it's Black Lies Matter. Uh, do you think I'm giving that enough of a pause? Right. Without the without the V. There's no, sure v, there's no v, in v in lies. Yeah, it's about lies as in uh, half-truths Absolutely. or no truths. No truths. <laughs> Black Lies Matter. L-I-E-S-M-A-T-T-E-R. Why lies matter to the Ray's Grave Industry. And it's Tlaib Starks. Yes. Your name is spelled T-A-L-E-E-B. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the name. That's a real black name. Tlaib Starks. <laughs> uh, author of the uh, Amazon number one bestseller, The Uncivil War. Uh, and, uh, man, I, I have not read the entire book. Looking forward to it. But, uh, uh, thanks for talking to me. Yes, sir. Anytime, brother. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.